The president called us together and told us that he wanted us to find out what happened in the summer of 67. In 1967, there are riots in mostly black portions of many cities. President Johnson creates the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. The 11 of us worked very hard to come up with a unanimous recommendation. California Congressman James Corman is one of those commissioners. Corman presents the findings of the commission's report during a memorial symposium honoring the late civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. If the what happened didn't look as bad as we thought it was going to, the why looked much worse. This is From the Archives, a podcast from Iowa Public Radio featuring recently rediscovered historic audio from our archives. On this episode, James Corman speaks at Grinnell College about conditions leading to riots. We said it was white racism. Corman says economic and employment conditions in black areas are considerably worse than in white ones. The people who live in ghettos who have been bypassed by our system because of their color, but to a degree bypassed because of their poverty. The discrimination that exists will manifest itself where there will be violence. Adrian Wing is an associate dean specializing in race and gender discrimination. These are structural problems that have been happening for many decades. We seem to be headed down that road at a frightening rate and not much being done to stop the trend. The different political groups and the abandonment of the economy made it ripe for a torch to be lit and not easy to put out. We must change our white attitudes of complacency. The riots, you know, they're just like a little indicator of the despair these communities had and still have. We need to do better than we have done and the next generation is going to do better than we have done. James Corman discusses white racism and potential solutions for preventing future race riots on this episode of Iowa Public Radio's From the Archives. I'm John Pimple. I commend you for your recognition of a truly great American, Martin Luther King. Almost a month has gone by since civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. I participated in the uh, procession that uh, honored him in Atlanta. James Corman is a Democratic member of the U.S. House of Representatives from California. He was a great force in this country, but it was a great loss. This whole nation is poorer because of it. It's the end of April 1968. Representative Corman is one of many guests to speak during a two-day memorial symposium for King. Corman is here as a member of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. It was established by President Lyndon Johnson in July 1967 as riots were happening across the country. The president called us together and told us that he wanted us to find out what happened in America in the summer of 67 and why it happened, and what ought to be done about it. This Commission on Civil Disorders is also known as the Kerner Commission. The report that it issued was published as a 700-page book in March 1968 and sold thousands of copies. Two months later, Congressman Corman is speaking in Grinnell as the nation begins to analyze its findings. I would tell you that the President did not, in any way, during the seven months of our writing that report, in any way attempt to influence our decisions or our recommendations. 
The report is based on investigations into disturbances in 23 cities, but it largely focuses on the riots from July 1967 in Newark, New Jersey, and Detroit, Michigan. Between those cities, 66 people were killed, the majority of which were black. Corman says it's tragic, yet... We concluded that what had happened was not nearly so serious as we had thought and probably the American people had thought as a result of what they saw on television and read during the course of the summer disorders. But if the what happened didn't look as bad as we thought it was going to, the why looked much worse. In Newark, the disturbances began shortly after a black cab driver was taken into custody and reportedly beaten by police. A week later in Detroit, riots began when an after-hours drinking and gambling spot was raided and a bystander threw a bottle through a police car window. These specific events aren't the causes, but rather what triggered days of rioting, fires, and looting. And it was the why that we suggested that has gotten the commission the most... uh publicity, for good or for bad. We said it was white racism. The report also suggests there are two societies, one black and one white, that are separate and unequal. And we turned our attention to what ought to be done about it. The first thing that it seems to me, and I don't speak for the whole commission in this respect, and it seems to me that we must first effectively remove racial barriers At any point in a man's existence, if he is let in or kept out because of his color, then we just haven't perfected our society. And so I've long been an ardent advocate of such legislation as that which we just passed, the federal rather comprehensive and I think enforceable open housing law. He's talking about the Civil Rights Act of 1968 that became law April 11th just a couple of weeks prior. It has a section prohibiting discrimination in selling, renting, or financing housing. And so along with our efforts at breaking down these racial barriers, we suggested that we need to give special attention to the educational and economic problems, the people who live in ghettos who have been literally bypassed by our system, in large part bypassed because of their color, but to a degree bypassed just because of their poverty. Those things are not, that's, that's one thing you really can't segregate, is the poverty and the color, because it is the barriers we've put up because of color that have led so substantially to the poverty itself. Corman says in some cases racism is overt and intentional, but in others it's passive and accepted. He uses a political cartoon by Herbert Block to illustrate his point. I think the Herblock cartoon, the day after the commission report was, uh, was issued, was as good as any analysis. If you remember, there was a man sitting in his penthouse on the top of a very beautiful apartment house uh, with a cocktail in his hand and his sunglasses on, sunning himself. And over here was the sweltering slum. And he said, what do they mean it's my fault? I have never even been in a slum. That's true, he never had. But he was a preserver of the institutions which have in turn preserved the slums. Corman says young adults with opportunities are the wealth of the nation, but there are often too many barriers for those who are black and living in poverty. 
we need to give them something important to do. We need to do something important ourselves. And that's to tear down the last racial barrier in this country, to give to all Americans whatever quantity of education and training they have the uh, ability and the gumption to acquire and let them all move into society on an equal basis. I'm not sure we'll uh, do it in our lifetime or even your lifetime, but there are reasons to be optimistic. I suppose the greatest reason of all is uh, the objective is so desirable. California U.S. Representative James Corman speaking in Grinnell during a two-day memorial symposium for Martin Luther King Jr. talking about his role on the Kerner Commission. I remember quite clearly when these events were happening. Adrian Wing is an associate dean at the University of Iowa specializing in race and gender discrimination. During the summer of 1967, she was a teenager living miles away from one of the riots in New Jersey. I can remember the smell of fire and being very mad at what was happening. But Wink says looking back at this period, she isn't surprised about what happened in the 60s. The fact that we're still dealing with all of the same issues, that none of these things have been resolved. Adrian Wing talks about what the Kerner Commission got right and whether the report improved the future. Next on Iowa Public Radio's From the Archives, I'm John Pimble. The 11 of us who served in the President's Commission on Civil Disorders worked very hard to come up with a unanimous recommendation. It's late April 1968. U.S. Representative James Corman, a Democrat from California, is one of the 11 members of the Kerner Commission. Two months prior, their report on the causes and potential solutions to the riots in 1967 is released. I hope sincerely that the American people will not reject that unanimous recommendation. There are many recommendations. Among them, and this is reading from a portion of the report titled, What Can Be Done, many cities are structured politically so that great numbers of citizens, particularly minority groups, have little or no representation in the process of government. The report also says, every major episode of urban violence was foreshadowed by an accumulation of unresolved grievances against local authorities, so high was the resulting underlying tension that routine or random events became triggers of sudden violence. Representative Corman says the tension stems from black residents of these cities experiencing white racism. Now, that's a harsh term. We talked about it a long time in the commission before we decided to use it. Some of us, and I was among them, had apprehension that we might lose the, the favorable attention of our audience if we use that term. And yet, if it makes people think about what kind of an America we have, what kind of institutions we have created for ourselves, and how deep and pervasive they are, then we will have selected the right term. The root causes are systemic in those communities. Adrian Wing is an associate dean for international and comparative law programs at the University of Iowa. 
Wing specializes in race and gender discrimination in the United States. You know, the commission found, hey, these this situation is due to white racism. This commission was established by President Johnson, but the president mostly rejected the commission's findings. That's not what he wanted to come out. So that's showing there, there's deep-rooted, long-term problems. And today, we commonly use terms like white supremacy and white privilege that it was not talked about in that way back then. And it's still controversial to use those terms today. One of the questions the president asked us was whether or not there was conspiracy. At the time they formed the Kerner Commission, there was a thought that there are outside agitators. This is a theory that is very comforting for white suburbia. Whether they be national or international, that have somehow come into these areas and stirred up the locals. It would be the worst kind of dishonesty to ourselves to say that the disorders in 67 were the result of uh, conspiracy so that we could hang the blame on somebody other than uh, our own institutions and our own society and in truth to ourselves. And they allude to as structural racism, okay? Structural racism in American society for many, many decades. Okay, how does that manifest? Okay, it manifests in housing segregation. It manifests in educational segregation. It manifests in police brutality or a failure of the police to have a relationship with uh, their communities. It manifests in discrimination in the job market. You can look at each aspect of, of a society and see how the discrimination that exists in all of those sectors periodically will manifest itself in some communities where there will be violence. It's amazing there's not more violence than there is. We seem to be headed down that road at a frightening rate and not much being done to stop the trend. And as the report points out, if we continue down that road, we will have a seething mass of angry, frustrated people surrounded by an affluent mass of selfish, fearful people who will tend to come more and more in conflict with each other to the point that we threaten ourselves with some form of police state to maintain any kind of domestic peace. Only four of the 11 members of the commission are from Congress, the chair is the governor from Illinois, Otto Kerner. Others include the mayor of New York and the chief of police from Atlanta. There is only one woman, and the only black man on this commission is the executive director of the NAACP. Obviously today, if we were doing a commission on race, we wouldn't have one black and one woman. But for then, that was actually pretty radical. And remember, the NAACP had been seen as this radical group. But uh, as it turns out, the group came up with much more radical ideas than what the president thought or wanted. And then uh, apparently 52% of white people did not want to agree with the idea that white racism was the cause versus 52% of black people agreeing with the commission. As to the commission's findings... I think... They got it right 
for especially for the era that they were in. But the problem wasn't with what they did. The problem was since the president was mad and of course he ended up not being able to run again, etc., nothing happened. At the end of March 1968, President Johnson decides not to run for re-election. During his term, he expanded affirmative action. Wing is a black woman who was born in 1956. That policy benefited my generation of boomers. So the fact that I am, you know, part of the 5% of lawyers who are black, only 5% of all lawyers are black, my success is can't step in for the masses of black people who are still overrepresented in prison, underrepresented in the universities and in the corporate sector. And even though we now even have Barack Obama, you know, who's been a president and Kamala Harris, who's the vice president and Ketanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court, (laughs) these are not enough to prevent perhaps some future violent incidences from occurring, much less address the deep structural problems that we continue to have in the richest country of the world. We, uh, we got our burdens to bear, and uh, we need to do better than we have done, and the next generation is going to do better than we have done in having a richer society, uh, not richer in terms of dollars, but richer in terms of, uh, of accomplishment. Corman says he never had an expectation as to how President Johnson would react to the commission's report. I have tremendous respect for Lyndon Johnson and what he has done in the area of race relations, the area of social welfare. But I am hopeful that the message of the commission will be reflected at the ballot box in November of 1968. As a result of that election, the House and Senate remain in Democratic control, but the presidential election is won by Republican Richard Nixon. What happened from 68 to 73? It got worse because you got Nixon, uh, police, uh, militarization. And so, you know, it was much worse. Wing says the report was optimistic in 1968. But looking back at its impact from the perspective of the 2020s... It doesn't give me optimism. It reinforces how severely entrenched the problems are. That even though we've had all these decades of of these advances that we've been talking about, that all the problems are still here. What makes me optimistic, um, one of my heroes is Nelson Mandela, the first black president of South Africa. And he said, the struggle is my life. So we're all going to be judged, not by did we end racism, sexism, homophobia, or any other ism in our lifetime, but what was the nature of our involvement in struggle? I will remain engaged and involved in these struggles as long as I am physically and mentally able. And I I know people who are involved in these struggles and are also committed to the cause of justice and equality in our country and, and hopefully the world. Adrian Wing, reflecting on the 1968 Kerner Commission report. Wing is an associate dean for international and comparative law programs at the University of Iowa, specializing in race and gender discrimination. On the next episode of From the Archives, we are questioning the normative values of this society. Political scientist Charles Hamilton is another speaker at Grinnell during the two-day memorial symposium for Martin Luther King Jr. Many of us 
have a notion about the intellectual, academic base of black power. Hamilton's speech is titled Black Power, a Viable Alternative. The concept that we introduced of institutional racism does not get legitimized until the Kerner Commission report comes around and calls us white racism and didn't give us a footnote. From the Archives is a podcast exploring significant points in history that took place in Iowa through recently rediscovered recordings from Iowa Public Radio's archive. I'm your host, John Pimble. Producing this series with me is Katherine Perkins, Caitlin Troutman, and Rick Brewer. Additional help comes from Matt Searin, Dennis Reese, Andrea Hansen, and Jordan Bonson. Funding comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Subscribe to this series and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. From the Archives is a production of Iowa Public Radio.